1: toss a coin to your fangirls oh valley of plenty any guess what we're talking about today the witcher yes the witcher is coming at you hot literally coming in hot folks in those leather pants
2: Welcome to the Fangirls Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julie, and we are so excited to be here with you guys to dish and spill the tea. Okay,
1: so The Witcher Season 2 wrapped filming on April 2nd, according to Instagram, and it is officially set to air in the last quarter of 2021. What do we think that means, Julie? What the heck is the last (sighs) quarter? Is this going to be Christmas? Are we getting this for Christmas? It could be Christmas. It could be Halloween. Halloween would be nice. Yes. Or Thanksgiving, because, gosh, that is a turkey I want to baste.
2: A lot of things to be thankful for. Yes, very right? thankful. <laughs> so the casting for The Witcher starts with Adjua Ando, who plays Naniki, who's Lady Danbury in Bridgerton. Oh, yeah. And then we have Graham McTavish, who's
1: going to be Dijkstra, And he plays Dougal McKenzie in Outlander. And then
2: we have Kevin Doyle. Who I apologize in advance. This character, the character names in The Witcher are rough, guys. They're difficult, but we're trying. (laughs) Yeah, bear with us. Yes. So his character name is Balian? Balian?
1: Balian. Who knows? It's probably none of those. And he was in Downton Abbey.
2: And then we, of course, have the lovely Henry Cavill, who plays Geralt of Rivia.
1: Okay, and this is so exciting. This news just came out this week that he, they're doing a reboot of. Highlander. And he's going to be Connor McCloud.
2: I mean, I don't think there's a franchise he just doesn't magically take over.
1: I, but I mean, but him in a kilt, he's probably practicing his Scottish accent right now. All of my dreams are
2: coming true. I've seen him as Superman, as Geralt, as, I mean, I loved him in the Tudors. Of course, yes. And now we we get to see him in a kilt. Like, if the universe is just actively working with us. Oh, it is. They'll put him and Sam Hewen somewhere together. Talk about a crossover. Please. For the podcast. I mean, come on. Please make this happen. Somebody make this happen.
1: Okay. Okay, so Netflix is doing this really fun thing called Geek Tweak. And it is going to be June 7th through the 11th of 2021. And a few shows are going to be on it. Included is The Witcher, and they're going to be giving us a bunch of details. So this episode, we're recording this in May, but you guys, this episode is right in the middle of Geeked Week. So if you need to find out anything more about The Witcher, tune into that on Netflix because you will get even more information. The Witcher, it's such an immersive world so when you start to watch this even like the colors of how it's filmed like the blacks and the grays and then the the costumes like there's so much texture I'm like this kind of it gives you the world building is done really well for the people that may have not ever played the game or read the book so you're immediately immersed as this world is introducing itself to you
2: which I loved so, as a very big fan of Henry Cavill's work, loved him in Tristan and Isolde. Oh my gosh, I forgot he was in that. Oh my gosh, he has, like, gorgeous long hair. Shoulder-length hair.
1: Well, I'm gonna rewatch that. Yeah,
2: do yourself a solid <laughs> and watch it. So, I was just excited to start a new franchise, maybe a new book series... I'd love to say I'm a gamer, but I'm not. I can barely get past level three of Pac-Man and or Mario Brothers. So Witcher gamer fans, I'm really sorry in advance. I wish I could contribute on the gamer side too, but I can't. Knowing that Henry Cavill is an active gamer and he actively fought for this role. I love that. He fought to, his nail yes. to be Geralt. Even
1: before there was a script. And He's like, say, how can I be on this show?
2: Yeah, I want to say there was about 200 people that he fought and beat for this role and he's perfect for it he is and the director Lauren Schmidt I believe said she could only hear Henry's voice as Geralt
1: and he does a really
2: good I, I mean voice I am thoroughly impressed with his overall portrayal of Geralt mm-hmm. yeah the acting
1: overall in this show was phenomenal Yennefer who's played by Anya Charlatra She did such an incredible job showing the transformation of that character. Like, it's, it's hard enough, I think, to portray, like, an inner transformation. But to take on that sort of physical transformation and, like, showing confidence being restored. And, or just for the first time, like, even just her whole persona changes. Phenomenal.
2: And I want to say in the time span that she becomes a mage, it's about 60 years.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I want to say she's 80 by the time she meets Geralt, I think.
1: She looks good for 80. Yeah,
2: she looks phenomenal for 80. So, um, But I love how she keeps her eye color. Yes. You know, there's certain things that she definitely keeps to remind her of who she is where and she where came she from. came from. Yeah. And I love that about her character.
1: I love the relationship between Yaskir and Geralt. I feel like that relationship gives you a
2: chance to see Geralt's, like, humorous side. It does. And they play off each other. They do. And, yes, Geralt was written beautifully. It's absolute comedic gold.
1: He's hilarious. My favorite line that he said is, Are you perhaps short of a marble? (laughs) When he says that to Geralt. When he's like, Geralt goes to go back and um, save Yennefer from herself. But it also is nice to see Geralt grow fond of someone in a friendship yes. relationship. So didn't you go to the premiere for season one of The Witcher? I
2: did. I got to go to the, the fan event for season okay. one, and it was so much fun. Somehow magically showed up on my Instagram feed and said, do you want to go to The Witcher premiere? And I was like, yes, thank you. They were free tickets. So I got two, took one of my co-workers, had a great time. It was super interactive. You start off with this walkthrough of rooms that showcase like season one scenes oh cool which ones did they have so they have the bathtub scene very nice they had it would be considered um when queen Calanthe um shows mm-hmm. up that there's like a massacre at the table oh at the feast at the feast where yes. that's where gerald gets his yeah. child's prize yeah okay And then there was where the mages are learning, where Yennefer's first learning magic. Okay, cool. And I think there was another room. With the stone and the flower? Yes, the stone and the flower. uh And they had these actors giving you a a lecture about it. That's so cool. Yeah. So, and I hadn't read the book series at that point. So they were educating and like, I'll say front-loading you with information to get you Mm -hmm. excited about the season. So after you do that, you get let out into this outside tent event that's themed to the Witcher as well. Mm -hmm. So they had Witcher trivia, they had snacks, they had um, a sword fighting photo op that my co-worker and I opted in to do. And um, they gave you, if you drank, this vial of whatever, I think it was pickle juice, Mm -hmm. you could get yourself a Witcher medallion, which I definitely did. I still even have the ticket from the event.
1: That's so fun. Yes. Oh, and so, you know, the Witcher, he drinks these vials to get to, like, enhance his power when he's
2: about to fight a beast. Yes. In the show. Yes. So it's... They had Roach there, too.
1: Oh, the horse. Yeah, we weren't
2: allowed to pet Roach, which is totally fine, but he, they had them, or they had Roach on display.
1: So was there an advanced screening of episode one? There was. Okay. And what? theater was this at? This was at the Egyptian Theater in Hollywood. Oh my gosh. It was so fun. S- like just absolutely stunning. Did they have anybody there? Like writers, producers, anybody? Uh, they had Lauren Schmidt. Oh my gosh. And the, the director, cast. The cast? Yes.
2: Who? Henry Cavill.
1: No. Yes. No, no, no. You've been in the same room as him. Yes.
2: Dear God. Anya Chalotra, and Siri. Freya Allen. Freya Allen. Wow. And I was two rows like front and center. Two rows back. Oh my gosh. And I was like, this Julie. is the closest I'm ever gonna get to to Henry Kaplan." I've I've made peace with it. That's it amazing. I have not stunning. made peace
1: that I wasn't there. But <laughs> that's incredible. What a cool experience. Yeah. Did they
2: talk about their experience filming or Yeah. It, it was about it was about five minutes mm-hmm. and Everybody was super humble, super grateful, and in return, they did an amazing event for the fans. Like yes. we walked into the theater, and they had snacks ready for us. They said, "Grab popcorn, grab some candy. Here's a drink. Go!" Oh, f-. that's kind of like and how was it was at the Outlander
1: event. Yes, yeah.
2: And we just had, I don't know, dumb luck and had amazing seats. Wow. So, and on these seats were t-shirts that said, you're the first to watch The Witcher. That's amazing. Yes. And I was just like, I don't know how you top this. I mean,
1: it's a, the, the fan base is so vast. Yes. You know, so they, they knew that they were, they were starting something big here. They did. Um, here's the part of the show where we spill the tea. So we're going to be talking about current plot lines uh, from season one, everything that's happened. So if you haven't watched the show, watch it. We're also talking future plot lines because this is also a book series as well as a video game. However, we don't know much about the video game, so we're kind of sticking to book plot lines. All right. So, okay, Siri and Geralt are destined to be in one another's lives because of the Law of Surprise. So what the law of surprise is, is it's offered as a token of payment when somebody's life is saved. So if somebody saves your life, you can offer them them payment by the law of surprise. And the nature of the token is unknown to both parties. So it's something that you have that you don't know you have. So say, you know, you get attacked on the road and somebody comes and saves your life, if your dog gives birth to puppies, then you have to give one of those puppies to the person. So, at the feast ceremony, and this is episode four. Yes. Geralt attends this feast because, um, yeah, Skir. <laughs>
2: skier asks him to and so Be says, his
1: bodyguard. Because yes. he's like, I have a lot of people that might want to hurt me because I slept with their wives. So Geralt just kind of, like, goes there... He's like, whatever, I don't care about this. And then it's a feast to announce who Princess Pavetta is going to marry. And then this guy Dooney shows up. He looks like a porcupine, but he has invoked the law of surprise because he saved the king or Princess Pavetta's father's life. Mm -hmm. And so he's claiming the right to her. And she just so happens to be in love with him. This whole fight breaks out, and then Dooney says, "I owe you something for this because not only did he save his life, but after Geralt saved Dooney's life, yeah, Geralt saved Dooney's life. And not only did that happen, but Queen Calanthe ends up blessing their marriage. It breaks the porcupine curse on his face, and he's just feeling so grateful. And Geralt's like, "Whatever, I am I." I enact the law of surprise or invoke the law of surprise. And then, you know, Pavetta throws up and they're like, well, she's pregnant. So now he's connected to this child. Right. And it's more than just a vocal agreement. It's, it actually affects the world. It does. You know, it physically has. Or the continent. Con- yeah, the continent. The, it has
2: consequences, you know, because of it affects destiny. And destiny shows up <laughs> big time. If you remember at the end of season one, Geralt and Siri do finally mm-hmm. reunite. Yes. So their storyline finally happens. Yeah. We had the storyline with Jennifer. We had the storyline with Jennifer and Geralt. Geralt, we're wondering when Siri and Geralt are finally going to meet up, and they don't meet up until the very end of season one. So season two kicks off, or book two, I should say. Kicks off with them starting a life together at Kaer which is basically the school for witchers. And that's where Geralt is from, right? Correct. Yeah. Well, if you remember, his mom gave him up. hmm And that's where he was taken.
1: Okay, so it's like his childhood home. Yes. As what childhood. he remembers as home.
2: Yes. So um, Geralt takes Siri to Kaer where she is surrounded by a few other witchers. Who are putting her through witcher boot camp, mm-hmm. if you will, training yeah. her left and right, making sure she is as prepared as she possibly can be in the event something goes awry. Because if you also remember during season one, everybody is trying to get Siri. Yes. Yes. Everybody from all different angles is by trying, any means possible. Right, trying to kidnap Siri because they know she is Pavetta's daughter, and they know Pavetta. Is powerful yes. now. Pavetta has passed away tragically with Dooney in a at sea. So Ciri is now an orphan since her grandmother Queen Calanthi has passed away at the Battle of Cintra.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now that Ciri has Geralt in her life, she fully trusts him and the Witchers to put her on the right path. Yeah, and in doing so, they do make some missteps mm-hmm. as guardians of her, if you will. Yeah. Um, if you remember in season one, she had an episode where she wiped out some folks with her power, with her little screaming. Yes, little big screaming. Correct. Geralt. And she created that sinkhole. Exactly. <laughs> she yes. could do some damage. Yes. So they they're aware that she has some abilities, but they're they're trying to confirm it for sure uh, while she's at Carmore in training. And one of the Witchers is convinced that she's just human, guys. There's nothing special. Oh, okay. Like, personally, as I'm reading this book, I'm like, oh, he's in total denial. He's just trying to play it off. Has Geralt ever seen her powers? Yes. So okay, here's so he where knows. the missteps happened. Okay. Let's so she has about, give or take, two or three mishaps where she drank some magical Witcher elixir that triggered an episode, if you will, oh. where she prophesized Geralt's death. Oh, jeez. And another witcher's death named Cohen. She has seen a vision. She doesn't remember any of these episodes either. But she's prophesizing death. Big time. Oh. And Geralt being super cash per use is just like, well, I'm going to die someday. He probably right? was like, hmm. Yeah. Because always says that. Yeah. Hmm. So um. in this episode that she has, she's always filled with fear when she comes out of it. She thinks she's doing great, being a witcher, on this right path, learning pirouettes and great footwork and training. And then she has these episodes that um, cast doubt on her. But she just remembers coming out of it with fear.
1: Interesting. So So, we'll get to watch her internal transformation and coming into her own. So, the witcher is being curious
2: as to what help they can get Ciri to get more answers out of the episodes that she's having, they summon a mage. Massive spoiler alert, folks, because in the season one finale, the Battle of Sodden Hill, mm-hmm. they summon a mage that's technically dead. Like, everybody's under the impression that this specific mage passed away at Sodden Hill. Like, her name is on, um, like, a monument for this battle.
1: Oh, okay.
2: And it's not Yennefer. Okay. So, the mage that they summon, that they secretly summon, who everybody thinks is already dead, is Triss Marigold.
1: Oh, the one that helps him with
2: his wounds after
1: he fights the Striga.
2: Yes. And she talks to him about destiny. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So, they summon Triss, but before they summon Triss, there's a history between Triss and Geralt. So, word around the continent is Triss and Geralt had a little fling, and Triss definitely wants as much Geralt as she can get.
1: Oh, she's not over him.
2: Not at all. And she wants to believe that she was summoned by Geralt personally, Mm. but she knows at the end of the day she was summoned to help Ciri, and she's fine with that. She's made peace with it
1: but she's just not that into you
2: yes and he's also older wiser he's he feels that he's like past his prime And that's yeah because he is actually older he just doesn't look
1: older no he looks, looks like phenomenal. he's in his prime yes so at the end of season one Geralt thinks that Yennefer is dead
2: yes again Triss being super heavily in love with Geralt and wanting it to work, but she's just accepted that she was summoned to help Ciri, and she's made peace with it, and she does have the best intentions for Ciri as well. When she realizes the heavy training that the witchers as a whole have put Ciri through, mm-hmm. she's livid. Oh. Yeah, it's so intense. Like, she's battered and bruised. Aww. And she's picking up that they're feeding her magical things to enhance her abilities when they do eventually turn her into a full-blown witcher.
1: Oh, they will turn her into one?
2: That's what... That's their intention. Yeah, that's their okay. intention. And Triss is like, excuse you, um, I don't know if you know this thing about women, but you need to... They've got hormones, and you need to cut her some slack. She's tiny and petite, and while she's super fast and agile you you need to like So she
1: comes in and she's also an advocate then
2: absolutely for Siri. Okay. Absolutely. So they're again feeding her these magical properties that Siri is just completely oblivious to. And then she's having she's prophesying and then waking up scared and Mm -hmm. and That's not good.
1: Yes. Definitely missteps on their
2: part. So she holds them accountable at all costs. Tris does. Good, go Tris. Yes. And then she finally like cuts to the chase and says So I'm guessing you brought me here to help you guys assess what Siri is. Mm -hmm. And I think you guys deep down already knew it, but she's definitely a source. What the heck is a source? Let me tell you. A source is a person with a natural affinity for magical abilities, which are hard to control when they have bloomed. Look at Pavetta. Oh, yes. Like that whole scene. Pavetta, like her emotions were completely out of whack. When they tried to take her away from Dooney. Yeah, and then she made that little tornado. Mm Mm-hmm. Kept everybody away. Which completely explains Ciri's reaction when she was getting cornered by those boys who were ready to attack her. Mm Mm-hmm. And she wiped them out. She wiped Mm -hmm. out a whole field. Mm Mm-hmm. So they can't control their power.
1: Yes, because magic is described in these books in the series as controlling chaos, managing chaos. Right. Now, is a source the same as somebody that becomes a mage?
2: No, it's different. Okay. So, and the way that Triss describes it, as she's more or less a transmitter for magical abilities. So, to test this further, Triss, um, well, let me put it this way. So, the way the witchers, one of the way that the witchers found out about Ciri's prophecies was they gave her an elixir on accident, not realizing that there, it wasn't water, Quote
1: unquote accident. Yes, it, it really was. was an accident. It really was okay. like she
2: just grabbed it, not realizing okay. what she was drinking, and it put her into this state and triggered an episode. Well, wow. Tris was like, okay, well, I need to fully test this, so I'm going to jump into her subconscious and we're going to give her some elixir to see where it takes her. Okay. So Tris d- jumps into series subconscious mm-hmm. to see where it takes her. And it takes her to a pretty dark place, and uh, Triss comes out of it completely drained, pretty much. Wow. Mentally, physically, and comes to terms with the fact that you need a stronger mage to help uh, Ciri. You need Yennefer.
1: Okay. I was wondering when Yennefer was going to come back into it. So Triss knows that Yennefer is alive. Does Geralt know, or does he know when she brings her there? At that point, he knows. He knows. Okay. Yes. And then she comes and helps Ciri? Not at that point.
2: Not at that point. Okay. When that episode happens and Triss was telling Geralt, like, hey, she needs a stronger mage such as Yennefer, but we need to help better prepare Ciri for what's to come Mm -hmm. after seeing this prophecy. She and Geralt both realize that they need to properly... Set Siri up for success by getting her the right education, mm-hmm. which starts at the Temple of Militelli,
1: Mm-hmm.
2: and that is in Tamaria. Okay, and we did not see this in season one. No, it's going to be introduced okay. in season two, so which is where Naniki or her character comes to play, and we'll see Ajoa Ando come into play. Awesome. So, meanwhile, we're wondering where our favorite bard and our other favorite mage. And our Oh
1: yes, where are they?
2: So Yes Gear who is living his best bard life, mm-hmm. singing songs about the white wolf, yeah, the lion cub and the powerful mage, again just living his best life. Yeah. Missing his friends. You yeah. uh, know. He's like the donkey and track. <laughs> he really <is. laughs> Shrek is Geralt. (laughs) Why does that make so much sense now? Oh, I can't unsee it now. (laughs) Right? He is just doing his own thing. He has no idea that he is a being followed, and b being watched by a powerful mage.
1: Who's following him?
2: A new powerful mage named Reince. Okay. Again, Witcher fans, I'm really sorry in advance if I'm butchering these names here. The pronunciation is a little beyond us sometimes. Yes, I do apologize. So, he is trying to get intel on Ciri and Geralt. He follows Gaskier to a brothel, corners him, and is not trying to give up info about his best friend and or his child of surprise.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Plays dumb, and the mage starts torturing him. Oh, dear to the point where he's not cracking either. Like, last wow. year actually does a very good job. Good job, Dandelion. Yeah. So, he's he's almost ready to lose some hands over this. Yeah, it it was going to about to get brutal until Yennefer steps in and knocks this mage off his block and takes out nice. some of his accomplices in the good. process. Yes. What Yennefer wasn't expecting was another portal to open, so she had, like, this mage got the brunt of what was coming to him from Yennefer, mm-hmm. and whoever was on the other side of that portal also got some some ass kicking as well. Oh, because he was going to take
1: Gaskier through the portal.
2: Yes. Mm. Well, I don't know if he was going to take Gaskir through the portal, but he was going to... Try and find or he's Geralt. he's going to go back to the portal. Yes. And escape. But he's working for an even more powerful mage. I'm not going to reveal. Okay. Because both Reince and this other powerful mage are throughout the book series. Okay. So I don't want to be too much of a spoiler. Yeah. But. it um, will be a good surprise. Yes. But they're trying to get Ciri because they feel she is the chosen one and her blood is the most holiest. And this is what will make the prophecy come to pass. Okay, and what is the prophecy? The dark prophecy was basically all she saw was death, like a fleet of death. And she couldn't describe whose death it was. The scene that they described was she saw like her lifeline on her hand. Mm-hmm. There was a bloodstream. Okay. That is symbolic of a battle that the elves had beyond 200 years prior. Okay. And there was another elven war coming to pass. Okay. So there's that. So there's
1: still that element of racism against elves. Yes. And the elves, I feel like they're over it at this point, And they want to get some,
2: they're like, oh heck no, we're going to get
1: some revenge.
2: Yes. so We're done with
1: this-ish.
2: Not just that mindset. They have a symbol that represents elf, elven freedom if Mm -hmm. you will. She led a lot of the young elves to their demise with the last elven war. Who did? This symbol. Ellarina, also known as the White Rose, was an elf who led a last desperate battle against the encroaching humans roughly in the year 1060. She symbolizes hope Mm
0: -hmm. for
2: the elves in series, or in the Witcher's present day. They have these elven armies called Scoatel Commandos, in elven language, it's squirrels. It translates to squirrels. Oh. Yes. You're talking commandos of like 100 plus. And they're taking out... Since the Battle of Sodden Hill, they've just regrouped okay. and became bigger and bigger. A lot of these other kingdoms are super threatened by them. And they're attacking other kingdoms with arrows. And they started off as like an annoying nuisance. But then when you're seeing these fleets... And they're now a credible threat.
1: Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I wonder where Yennefer's alliance will be since she's a quarter elf. Is she going to be with the mages? Is she going to be with the humans?
2: Is she going to be with the elves? The bigger diplomatic problem in the Mm storyline is during the journey to take Ciri to this school in the Mm -hmm. spring, Triss comes down with a fever. Geralt is like, oh great, now I've got a sick mage. can't do anything about that. She can't ride her horse. They partner with this cavalcade, if you will. Of the king's men. We just need safe passage. That's all we're asking for. That's what, we, yeah. that's what Geralt's asking them. They eventually agree to it. The king's head general. If you will. Says well are you going to fight with us. If we get attacked. And Geralt takes a very uh, diplomatic stance. And says I fight monsters. I don't fight elves. I don't yeah. fight wars. I'm not a soldier. I'm a witcher.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The general respects it. He runs into an old-time friend who's on this cavalcade, if you will, and who's really irritated by Geralt's stance. So he has this dwarf friend who we met in season one, who he runs into on this cavalcade, who's very irritated that Geralt has such a diplomatic stance on the subject matter. He's not trying to argue with the friend. He's just saying, hey, look, our beef is not your beef that you have, okay? Mm -hmm. We're Switzerland here, folks. Yeah. You know, we fight a completely different beast, okay? We don't need to, you know, fight elves or squirrels, whatever you want to call them. His dwarf friend is not having it. He's ready for a fight. Siri, not knowing enough about, you know, what they're upset about, was like, yeah, why aren't we fighting? <laughs> like, why can't we? Like, they're doing us a solid. Geralt takes it upon himself to educate her on why they're not fighting. Or he shows her the temple that these elves praised this, uh, elven goddess at, Mm -hmm. we'll call her a symbol. She then saw why it was so important to be diplomatic on the subject.
1: It'll be nice to see him in that father
2: role. Exactly. Too. He really mentors. Well, not just mentors. He educates her in that fatherly role Mm -hmm. and he does it. So I really hope they, the producers like show this.
1: Yeah, that'll be touching. Yes. But it's also nice that, you know, he's kind of fighting his destiny Mm -hmm. the whole first season. And now he has embraced it. And it'll be interesting to see how he grows as a character. And, like, is he more open emotionally? Is he less dry as a character? Or is he still Geralt, but just, you know, just in kind of enhanced, you know, maybe not so emotionally inept? Right. I mean, he... Did have emotions, because there's parts where they're like, they say witchers are without emotion, and he's like, well, people say what they want to say to kind of basically prove their own point or turn somebody into a monster, whatever.
2: Speaking of monsters, no season of The Witcher would be complete without monsters. Am I right? You are right. I have to give a massive shout-out to the CGI team for all of their hard work, not just on season one, but what's to come in season two is incredibly nasty in the monster department but it's safe to say it's going to be monstrous oh (laughs) yes it's going to be horrific and it basically solidifies my deep grown fear of dark water
1: oh gosh
2: like if I can't I've always had this fear of dark water if I can't see the bottom of it like it's a if it's a lake anything I'm not going in yeah, so I can I can get on board with that. Yeah, so there is a scene where a really nasty monster is rumored to be in this body of water. Oh gosh! Mm-hmm. And um, the comedic timing is perfect. This, I mean, everything about it is epic. Okay. It's too good. It's too good. A lot of great things to look forward to in the monster department. So stay tuned, folks.
1: I loved how though in the first season how monsters were. Just as easily, humans that were evil. Oh. You know, they they talked about that. A That's lot. a good point. yes. you know, choosing the the lesser evil, or when um, Renfrey was wanted to force Geralt
2: to choose the lesser evil, and he couldn't, so she fought him anyway, and he had to kill her. So circling back on Yesgir and Yennefer, when the attack happened, Ysger is very grateful for Yennefer's help, mm-hmm. but his initial reaction is, "Hey." They were trying to get info about Ciri and Geralt. We should warn them. Or better yet, you should warn them. Because you can do that whole portal jump thing that I cannot do. Yes. You should warn them. Yennefer is hesitant because of how bad their breakup was. Yeah. He said, more reason to tell them. It's not about your breakup. It's about their overall safety and... Their lives, yeah. Their... Their destiny affects everybody else's. Mm-hmm. So if you want to jump ahead, help a witcher out, you should do them a solid right now. Yeah.
1: It's just because you break up with someone doesn't mean you hate their guts. Right. It might. Doesn't right. always.
2: So she agrees. She, she's still hesitant. So that's where they end that scene, where she's super hesitant. Oh. So it's not until Triss tells Geralt, hey, you need Yennefer to help Siri. Geralt eventually writes to Yennefer, and says, "Hey, I need your help with Siri. I've consulted other mages, and they keep saying you're the only one powerful enough to help my child of surprise." Okay. So she ag- agrees to it and totally friend zones him in this letter. She, I, the way, the amount of how many times she uses the term "friend" to Geralt, because you are such a good friend, because. You asked so nicely, my friend, because... Friend, 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 friend. Friend, yeah. I don't think you can like, friend zone. okay, we're yeah. not having sexy time anymore. Got it. Yes. And it shows how burnt he is about it. He's just like, I don't feel emotions. I'm a witcher. Get it together, self. He's just, she's doing it for Siri. She's not doing it for me. That's why she's calling me a friend. I get it.
1: Okay, so that that quote that he says when they're laying in bed together, when they are in her tent, that's like way bigger on the inside Mm -hmm. looking for the dragon. And he says, before we met the days were calm and the nights were restless. But now, and then you think he's falling asleep. He says, you're important to me. And that was right after she said, I, I want to be important to someone. I'm like, he's, he's going to always be in love with her and she's in love with him. Yes. And you know, their, their destinies are, you know, intertwining again, they're they're going to be together. Um, That's my hope. Don't spoil it for me. Right. There's, <laughs> that is my hope. There's
2: at least four other books.
1: Yep. So we've got So time. we've got
2: a lot of hope, folks. <laughs> so again, we've got epic battles, nasty monsters, so many storylines to look forward to. Sexual
1: tension. And all and, the things. And
2: lots of magic.
1: Yes. Okay. Now it is time for the Fangirl Spotlight of the Week. If you guys have not followed us on Instagram, be sure to do that, because we update you on all the latest things that the Fangirls Podcast is doing, and you can find us on Instagram at the Fangirls Podcast. And I'm so excited because we have some really big news.
2: This week, the Fangirl Spotlight of the Week goes out to the Believe Podcast Network. Last week, we officially signed with Believe as their newest talent. Yeah, we are so excited to be working with such a vast
1: and versatile network. We cannot wait to get our feet wet and take the Fangirls podcast to new heights. Last week, we met with our audio engineer, Brian, and our producer, Joe, for the first time. And it was just a thrill to begin the process
2: of working with Believe. We discovered a couple other podcasts that we immediately loved. Shout out to Zero Dark Nerdy and Lightcast. Zero Dark Nerdy is the world's most notorious pop culture podcast, and LightCast sheds a light on film and TV with the help from the entertainment industry.
1: We are so excited to be listed with the likes of these great fellow pop culture and entertainment
2: podcasts. Thank you for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all the latest episodes. And we want to answer your burning questions, so like our
1: community page on Facebook and join the conversation. Join us next week when we spill all the tea on the mind-bending sci-fi thriller, The Nevers. See you next time! (laughs) Drop that sexy disclaimer.
2: We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with Netflix, Andres Sapkowski, and unfortunately, we are not affiliated with Henry Cavill. But we are working on that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe.